Have you ever installed macOS? Yes, um, sort of, kind of, right? I mean, you just go into the recovery mode and just tell it go, and it downloads the thing and does the thing and just drops you at the thing. So it, it's a weird process, it, though, right? Yeah, it is. It and and it's oddly difficult. Right, right. So right. I guess that's where my point, right? Yeah, they, yeah. It, it's not someone made would have taken to, it. It's not made to be installed by the end user. I don't no, think someone would have taken it to a genius. It, it's, and, it's a technician tool, and they would have. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, even, like, what is it like Command R during reboot, and then it drops yeah. into recovery mode, and then, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, yeah, not super intuitive. I mean, yes, you can find instructions to do it online. Um, yes, it can be done. It's just not. It's just not intended to be that way. Whereas Linux is absolutely intended for anyone and everyone to try to install. Coming up in this episode, we add to the KDE saga. We search for the humans on the other end of the internet. We pour over the feedback. We focus on the Gen 2 feedback. Hello and welcome to Linux User Space. I'm Dan. And I'm Leah. So, Dan, uh, a little while ago, I guess earlier today, actually, as we record this on the 31st, January 31st, yep, there was a KDE Ask Me Anything over on on their Lemmy specifically. They have um, a KDE Lemmy instance where all of this cool stuff happens. It's cool, though. I love the fact that Lemmy is getting used for this type of thing, and the KDE developers are willing to jump in there, and uh, you can ask them anything literally anything i know i don't know if my questions were good but i asked questions i think they were on point yes because we have recently been trying out uh kde plasma 6 rc1 and uh we got the recommendation to do it on rawhide so we've been over on in fedora land getting 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 the fire hose to the face right. of updates which uh, happen almost every single day. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But I thought I'd ask um, the KDE developers themselves, what's the best or recommended way to test out Plasma 6 RC2? And they said, Neon testing in a VM or on bare metal if you're adventurous. Arch with the KDE unstable repo is good too, but that also includes a snapshot of the unreleased QT 6.7, which introduces more bugs. Yeah, and I guess uh, if you're really trying to do all the bug reports and do all the hunting and stuff like that, that's the place to do it. It, it could be, yeah. It's probably a bit overwhelming, but someone someone needs to jump in there and, and get it done, I suppose. Um, yep. And so, like... We did some testing beyond just the rawhide thing, though, too. Like, I did Neon for a little bit and tested it out there. I think mm -hmm. the the Plasma, like, it was pretty uneventful for me, honestly. It, it just worked, <laughs> um, yeah. which is a good thing. Um, I, it was really enjoyable. I think having other distros to test it in as well is a good plan because the way applications can interact and the different versions and whatnot, depending on how you install them, 
makes a difference, right? So, um, you know, if you're installing a flat pack, as an example, like the way the portals work um, potentially could be different if it rather than just a native package. So right. I, I think I think testing multiple different things in multiple different ways is probably really beneficial to the overall QA process. Yeah, and uh, I believe it was Nate that was uh, that was answering these questions. Mm-hmm. So I think before it's all said and done, I'm gonna have to try out uh, Neon, but mm-hmm. I haven't really had any problems with with Fedora Rawhide. So Which I may amazing, I may actually just right? not do that <laughs> because I'm getting I'm getting the best of the best, and it's really um, it's really been pretty good. Yeah. The things the issues that I've had, uh, it just took I just needed to wait a day or two accept those updates, install those updates, and I'm, I've been good to go. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, something that's going to change soon, possibly in 40, is uh, Blur was not enabled for me, and I was very sad about that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like my favorite feature. And it turns out that um, Fedora had turned that off because there were some bugs in uh, some NVIDIA hardware, the Apple ARM yeah, I was graphics say, stack. Yeah, the Apple... Yeah, the Max. Yep. And I think there were a couple of other a couple of other graphics chips that did not like. Yeah, they didn't behave well. Yeah. Yeah. So that got turned off by default because that's I mean, fair. You know, it, it's keep eye candy. It safe, right? Yeah. Keep it safe and sane. And if you uh, if you actually look, uh, you you're able to just turn it back on, which is what I did. I I enjoyed the blur way too much and. I'm on Intel and Radeon hardware, so yeah, um, you you were you were unaffected. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're on, if you're able to run on Mesa, you're probably going to be just fine, right? So yeah, no, that was good. And I asked one more. I said, um, uh, just personally, I wanted to know what has been the hardest problem to solve moving to Qt six. Personally, I'd have to say the large number of API and behavior changes in Qt Quick. Uh, that Qt 6 brought. Uh, we use Qt Quick very heavily throughout KDE, so this has required a lot of mandatory porting work, more than in our Qt Widgets-based software. And there have even been changes between Qt 6.5, 6.6, and 6.7, so it's still a bit of a moving target. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that re- that response was was somewhat uh, consistent. There was a there was another one that was very similar to that that also said uh, you know uh, you know cute quick uh, or the QML stuff is probably the hardest thing to keep up with. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So that was um, that was interesting, and uh, we've got a link in the show notes for mm-hmm. um, for all the rest of the questions I got asked over there on the AMA. Um, I'll see if I can't dig up the Reddit one as well, because I know that there are going to be similar questions over there, but, you know, some questions that didn't make it over to the Lemmy side as well. So really cool reading, really mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Yeah, and I just want to thank the KDE developers for taking the time to answer the questions, um, you know, from from all of the users. I think that's fantastic. I think it's just great community, yeah. you know, work right there. Absolutely. So when we post out, um, we'll take the we'll take the long show and chop them up and put them into individual episodes mm-hmm. uh, so that you don't have to sit there for an hour and a half, two hours sometimes uh, and try to consume the whole thing at once. Yeah. Um, so we'll put them out in smaller episodes. And we just recently released the KDE history by itself and a KDE dev, Troy Unrau, had uh, commented about 
the history section when we hit KDE 4.0. And a little bit of background. This is where I kind of stop and talk about um, how KDE 4.0 was not ready mm-hmm. for yep. prime time. And it wasn't until 4.2 yeah. that it was. And that was that was the green flag. That was that was go. It, it, Get on KDE now. And that was intentional. Yes. Or at least yes. the design of that was intentional. And we uh, the coolest part about this is uh, Tony Unra was actually involved in the decision-making <laughs> process that led up to that intentionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, he, uh, as, as a comment, wrote on that video. It's funny. I was around from KDE 1.1 to about 4.7, and some of those decisions were things I was involved in directly. Like the branding shift towards KDE as a community, you know, people sharing vision and development infrastructure, as opposed to KDE as a monolithic desktop environment. I haven't been involved for ages now. I did some coding too, but not a ton. The KDE 4.0 release messaging was one of my core tasks. We had a release party in Mountain View, and we invited all the packagers for all the distros to the event. Linux community luminaries like Patrick Volkerding were there, and it was a great party. But we thought that by bringing all the packaging types there, we had the messaging problem bottled, and KDE 3.5 and 4.0 would be offered alongside each other as though they were different desktops entirely. You're like GNOME or whatever. Just choose the what you want to launch in your session manager. What happened instead is that 3.5 was dropped like a hot potato and users fled 4.0. Distros didn't want two versions of libraries installed, so running a 3.5 app in a 4.0 environment was difficult. But not all of the 4.0 apps had been ported yet. Yikes. This is a huge reason for the subsequent split between version numbering of the desktop releases, later Plasma, and things like frameworks. Side note, we had even considered the idea of KDE, as a community, offering multiple desktop interface offerings, each with its own branding. So you could run Plasma, Kicker, a hypothetical 3.x desktop environment ported to the current frameworks, etc., alongside applications from multiple versions of desktops. This was the reason the session management code was in KRunner rather than Plasma, for example. This would allow highly experimental user interfaces to be developed around the KDE libraries. But that never happened, as far as I can tell. Anyway, for 4.0, so much for Linux applications and the mantra, release early, release often. I really wanted to talk about this thing that he said about kicker mm-hmm. did we we heard this part right yeah that instead of it being a fork and trinity desktop environment there was at least for a moment the idea that three was gonna live on and be ported to the new base with qt and everything else yeah so the concept was yeah it wasn't weird and so kicker is a is the menu uh thing right there's there's different uh menu like it got renamed i think probably somewhere along the way yeah um kick, kick off right kick, kick kick, off? the kickoff menu something like that yeah let's kick something 
so there's different application menus that you can you like you go into right click on the on the menu thing and it, you can do the show alternates and you can pick between them right choose any random keyword and it's probably a part of the KDE desktop oh, somewhere probably somewhere yeah um <laughs> So yeah, no, like, and and it sounds like there was going to be a more minimal uh, type of desktop environment, but that never came to fruition. Huh. I for things that would never be, I guess. Uh, I really, really wish that would have become a thing because I think, think so? I think it's I think it's just because I really kind of cut my teeth on KDE three. That was really oh, where mm -hmm. my my Linux journey started on Slackware eight ish something like that, and I, I just have a real soft spot for KDE3. And I I don't really have a good reason as to why. And it's probably just because it's where I started. But yeah, huh, that would that would have been really interesting to see. And that would have likely prevented the the Trinity desktop environment fork altogether. Yeah, if they had done that, if they continued on with three, I don't think people would have tried to, you know, keep that fork going, right? They would have they yeah. would have had an option. They wouldn't need to do that. Yeah, so that was a real reason. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, Troy mentions that they thought they had it wrapped up by telling yeah, everybody involved so. that would be that would be packaging this up that the messaging would carry on and everybody would know how this was going to work. Just hang on to three. Just don't go anywhere just yet. You don't have to run both unless you're testing it. Right. But you know, wait a little bit until we iron out the details in four, and well. Yeah, I don't think the messaging may have gotten to the to the packaging folks because right. I mean almost everything had KDE four, right? But it didn't trickle down any further than that, and people, you know, well, the, the same as me, right? And then and then the people that were using it had such a bad experience because it wasn't quite ready yet. So and it, like they he said, well, the applications weren't ported over. Yeah, it was just, just a, it was a bad scenario, right? And so yeah. ha having ripped out the thing that worked and given you this this unfinished uh, thing, it was a bad look and it left people with a, ba a bad taste and uh, yeah. they moved on to other things like yep. GNOME and stuff. How unfortunate, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we only got to see one side of it. Now we get to see the other side of it. Right. And they right. thought it they had they thought they had it locked down. They tried to tried something and it didn't work out and in hindsight they they fixed it, but um it was it was unfortunate for a little bit. Yeah. I don't think uh Plasma had the same release cadence uh nor the same right. uh release ideas. Right. And I think Plasma 6 is going to be the same way, right? Yeah, it it, what, it seems to be like they actually have the release candidates named RC. And, and, yeah, and like the alpha yeah. and the beta and, and like they're labeled right um rather than relying on the version number it only takes a couple of letters to to actually give you an actual uh you know indication of where things are at yeah and they have this they have this habit of doing um really high version numbers or dot mm -hmm. version they numbers do they to, still do indicate yeah on the back yeah. end on the packaging side of things you like you'll get these crazy high numbers that are approaching the next release number but they aren't right. quite there yet right yeah like um right now i'm on uh plasma 5.89 i right. think so like it's what will become plasma 6, 6 and it is plasma 6 rc1 i haven't done the rc2 yet because right. it just released like right now but i i yeah, five point eighty nine. That gives you a better indication of what you're where you're at, what you're running, mm, yeah. and what you can expect. Right. Uh right. if you dig into some of the details. But you know, you know it's not six. 
Right. It's approaching six. It's approaching. Yep. It's a yeah. it's a bit of calculus there. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. So they've they've learned from uh uh, I don't even know that it was a mistake, right? Because they even planned for it. And they yeah, told no, everybody they, I about think they it. just fixed it, right? Yeah. yeah. Not so much a yeah. mistake. It was just something we need to address going forward. And I feel like yeah. they have, at least like you said, with the versioning numbers and actually labeling things as release candidates and alphas and stuff right. like that. I, I think it solves the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. It really did. For me anyway, because um, I know where I stand. Mm-hmm. and. It's still pretty good. From where I'm standing, it's still pretty good as long as I can remember to go check the blur box mm-hmm. in Fedora. <laughs> well, it, it, like I think if you like when it comes time for release, you won't have to do that. From what I know, it'll it'll be already enabled for you. And we did get an answer, by the way. Uh, Neil Neil gave mm-hmm. us an answer as to uh, how to step off a of rawhide. Uh, I did. don't know if we asked this question in the in the previous episode or not, but uh, it's it's we certainly a question somewhere. that we asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is you know when when when's the right time to step off a of rawhide? And uh, there is a right time. There is a right time. Yeah, wherever we asked it, he answered it in Discord. Uh, yeah. yeah, like so that's that's where we got our answer. So that was good. It yeah. was it was very helpful. And thank you. Yeah, so when we step off, we'll let everybody know. Mm-hmm. All right. If you love what you're, you know, us, and you want to see our faces, you can do that on YouTube. Uh, we we have a we have a YouTube channel. If you're listening to us, obviously. If you're watching us on YouTube, obviously you already know that. Hi. But we also have Tilvids, which is where we drop like the history bits and some mm-hmm. you know juicy little nuggets over there too, which is great. Tilvids is a great sponsor. Um, great platform to, to be hosted on. I'm, I'm super appreciative. They, they help, uh, you know, content creators like us get started in a free and open source federated mechanism. So I love that. That's right. You can, you can follow us in Mastodon or Lemmy from Tilvids. Like it's amazing to me. It's great. They're all, they're all federated. So it's, it's a, it's a fantastic situation. And like if you made a comment, on a video and you followed us in Mastodon, it shows up in Tilvids, which is very neat. Actually, I actually when when somebody responds to us on Tilvids, I use our main account, our main Mastodon account to reply to that instead of using the Tilvids account. Uh that way, you know, yeah. we only speak with one of the accounts. We post videos with the Tilvids account. That right. way there's a separation of, you know, if you ever if you if you're trying to just listen to what we're talking it's about. It's still us. Um yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I try to I try to keep that um separated cuz it well it's easier for my brain, but mm-hmm. it does it does make a little bit of sense. But it still shows up. That's that's the beauty of the federation yep. thing is that it it, yep. it shows up no matter no matter what you do. Yep. And so you can get that right into your feed wherever wherever you want to follow that, you can. And it's pretty fantastic. Um, but if you really love us, really love us, you can support us over on Patreon. Give us a buck or two, and um, you know that lets you get you some perks. Uh, get early access to episodes. You get access to the Lemmy instance if you want to join. Yeah, um, you know some great stuff. Uh, high quality audio too, not just the regular great audio. It's super high quality. Mm-hmm. And so you can get all the dulcet tones of my face over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we appreciate your support. And if you want to do that, you can do it over on patreon.com slash Linux user space. So I don't know if you've noticed, but in Ubuntu 22.04 and beyond, app images don't work out of the box. 
What? Yep. App images are broken. Yep. Uh, so to fix it, to fix it, all you have to do, apt install libfuse2. Yes. That's it. Install it. And your app images work. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. There was a lot of grumbling about this when 2204 came out because, you know, people wanted to install their app images and uh, they well, they yeah. did. They, they, they dragged them over there, but they didn't launch and didn't do the things they wanted them to because Libfuse 2 got demoted from the main repository to the universe yeah. repository. And then it became community, you know, effort to keep that up to date because Libfuse three it's the re it's the replacement essentially right so you got to move on eventually you got to get the new one out there and so that um you know that that can be the thing and it, it's the thing getting updates so that vulnerabilities aren't a problem and whatnot um and it's in the main repo which is why that's included in ubuntu because everything right. in main you know shows up there right um yep. it's not that you can't co-install the two and it's not that it doesn't exist in Ubuntu. It just doesn't exist out of the box, I think, is the frustrating part, right? Um, yeah. And so there is a solution for it. Um, and, and I think the app image developers are hesitant to adopt the new Fuse 3 uh, because it's not everywhere yet. So you have this chicken and an egg right. sort of thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, where, where does it begin? And so... I don't know that it's a terrible situation in that um, there is a solution and it and it does work and everybody can do the stuff they need to do. Uh, it just isn't there and available out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and this is, as far as I understand, this is basically just on Ubuntu machines, uh, 2204 and beyond. I don't know of any of the flavors that, that do add that to the installation as in, in the base installation. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, internet. Oh, they will. Uh, I, I know they will. <laughs> I love saying wrong things because you, I know know, there's you at get least, the right answer real fast. Right. I know there's at least one that doesn't. <laughs> right. Yes. Main Ubuntu, that's for sure. Yeah, and so Lubuntu doesn't either. Yeah, and I ran into I ran into this because I'm on 2310, mm -hmm. and it, um, it, I, I, I use the Bitwarden app image because oh, yeah. that is the one that they make themselves and i'm a big guy as far as it as far as using the developer's software right. themselves if they put it together that's the one i want to use and especially well, for a security focused software like that i want to use what they if give. you want some solace in that uh they do also create the snap for that as well Oh, okay. So you can it, like that's that's they 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 publish that as well. If you look in the Snap Store, you can use that as well. Um, if that makes you feel any better, so you don't get the heebie-jeebies. A little bit, a, actually, a little bit. Yes, um, I I think, but because I use things like Fedora Rawhide and I'm on Fedora 39 on the desktop. Um, oh yeah, it using the same thing everywhere mm -hmm. is um, is just kind of. It's nice. You know, I, I know what to expect no matter where I sit down and where I do my work. I can, you know, type in Bitwarden or whatever and, and it'll go. So, yeah, that's super important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know who maintains the flat pack. I, it could be them. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I think they may be involved, but I don't think it's it's first party. Okay. So, that's fair. Yeah. Not I'm not there yet. Yeah. No, understood. 
Yeah. So the app image, like it's, it's like app images for me are a little frustrating anyway, sometimes, uh, even though yeah. you do all the steps and sometimes it still doesn't end up working super great. Yeah. I, I feel like the experience isn't necessarily consistent. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's not my first recommend that because yeah. for that, right. I, I, I can work it. I can, I can figure it out. Um, it just isn't my go-to. So to recap, if you're using Ubuntu 2204 or newer, and you just can't figure out how to install or use. You don't really install them, right? How to no, use yeah. app them. images. Yeah. Apt install libfuse2 and you're golden. You don't have to reboot nothing. That's all you got to do. And you can go double click your app images with confidence. Yep. After you make them executable, you're good to go. All right, so, Leo, did you know there's humans on the other end of that internet thing? No, they're all robots. That's that's not true at all. Um, all the developers, all the people on Discord, all of the people on Reddit and Lemmy and everywhere else. Um, I think I'm the only human. Uh, mm. Yeah, they're just bots on the other end, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess, I think that includes you, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not real. I mean, no. I... Yeah, there, there are humans, it turns out. And, yeah. and those humans, you know, have expectations and intentions and they understand things differently than you may have intended them to be turns out so this segment is uh, sparked by a tweet uh, by one of my lubuntu teammates uh, simon quigley and uh essentially I i'm gonna pick out the first quote that i'm gonna pick out here it says open source is more than open code it's open collaboration and open community so i think that sets the tone for for what we're talking about here right it's something that we yes. harbor very well i think is a great community and that's the it's the focus of this yeah if if i were a good podcaster slash video person on the internet uh i would have gone back we have we actually have an episode with the main topic being this before and this was it was like in season two it was at yeah, least right. two years ago mm -hmm. and uh, it was called Linux Friendly Space. It, That's well, it was. It was. Yeah. 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 And it it it's not exactly the same, but it's in the same ballpark. Absolutely. Where there are people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, set, setting the tone. So Simon says, <laughs> in open source projects, you find a variety of contributors. Some have been around for decades. Others have been around for months. Some are paid for their work. Others do it out of the kindness of their heart. Some people are just starting out in the tech industry and need a place of belonging. Others have been in the tech industry for decades. Given these facts, it's important that everyone works well together when the opportunity to accomplish collaborative work prevents itself. An often forgot mantra in the Linux community specifically is know your audience. Understanding who you're talking to and why you're talking to them is as critical, if not more important than the message itself. People lose focus. It can be easier sometimes to tell someone to just RTFM or ignore them because if they would just duck, duck, go it this specific way, remember that you too were once that inexperienced. On the other side of this, dealing with people more experienced than you, remember that basic respect goes a long way. I've met many people who are critical contributors to major projects, but if you walked by them in the streets, you'd never know. We need to be compassionate and respectful toward these people as well. 
Their mistakes may be more impactful, but they put their shoes on one foot at a time, just like you and I. If everyone feels good when contributing to an open source project, it will continue. If you let sour emotions get the best of you and everyone in the project, it will consume the project along with it. There, there are a couple of quotes that you pulled out <laughs> of this one that I think really kind of encapsulate what Simon's getting at here. Two that I pulled out beyond the other one. Uh, it's, if everyone feels good when contributing to an open source project, it will continue. If you let sour emotions get the best of you and everyone in the project, it will consume the project along with it. And um, I, when Simon wrote this, there was, I'll give you a little bit of context. There was some friction going on and we were feeling a little frustrated with some of the things that were, were happening and it was bumping up against the holidays. So it was, it was a transition time for like uh, app armor or something. And um, they'd made some changes and it broke a lot of things. And we were getting as a project frustrated in a way. And so the advice here was more than just to the world. It was, it was somewhat directly to us as the Lubuntu contributors too. And that, you know, maybe just, walk away for a minute and uh don't don't let your emotions get the best of you right and that was really yeah. sound advice that but i mean it holds true for a lot of other things too so that's why i pulled it out and and wanted to highlight it yeah and one of one of those things specifically was um we just had another linus rant mm -hmm. that was heard round the world yeah not the first time he's <laughs> done that that's for sure yeah, and it was specifically to a Google engineer. And if rumors are true, then uh, a little bit of the code that was uh, that was selected to be given upstream to the Linux kernel directly was a chat GPT written function that supposedly the Google engineer did not know what it did. But Dan and I were talking about it prior to the show. And, you know, you don't have to be the most amazing communicator in the entire world. You just have to have a little empathy. And I, I get and I understand that I don't think this was the first time this was tried no. uh, <laughs> to be to be upstreamed. So I get that the frustration is building and building right, and right. building. The words uh, that we came up with were don't confuse passion with compassion. And, and I think that's how that's how people describe Linus. And a lot of that He's passionate. He is passionate. Yeah. A lot of that nineties hacker culture um attitude has continued on. It still lives on today. And I think Linus kind of embodies a whole lot of it, though he's gotten better he, he's over time. Much better. Much better. Yeah. He's very good at not directly attacking the person and attacking the code instead, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Oh, yeah. And Linus is not the only one. He's just oh, no. the most relevant example as we're recording this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the passion compassion thing. Like mm -hmm. you can have all the passion in the world, but you also have to temper that with compassion. Yeah. Because without it, those kinds of messages and you know, well, you, you can be straight and blunt and to the point, but those messages come off really bad and really, really off puts people that could be contributors to the project. I was going to say, do you have a project if you're the only one contributing? 
Right, right. And, you know, there, there's a lot of status to be uh, to be had when you're one of the kernel contributors. Um, but even... Uh, yeah, that, that's high level. That needs to be high level for a reason. I get that. Yeah. Like, it absolutely does. It's the core of everything that we do. And, and just last month, uh, Hector Martin kind of had a bit of a falling mm-hmm. out for the same reasons where, um, where he was calling out uh, very specific things that were not great. Mm-hmm. And the way that he put them was not the best way to put that kind of stuff. But the cool thing about Hector, one of the uh, most amazing things about Hector, beside the fact that he is the one of the preeminent Apple M series Mac kernel developers. I mean, I, he he might go down as the best the best reverse engineer ever. ever. I mean, I'm yeah. not kidding. Like, I mean, like look at the things he's done. Right, it's amazing to me. Yeah. One of the most amazing things about him, besides his code, is that he's self aware. Mm-hmm. And when mistakes like that are brought up to him, um, he takes them, internalizes them, learns from them, and does better. And that's something that I think, you know, nobody has to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to write the perfect email every single time. But you do have to take that feedback when it's coming at you from all sides because maybe, well, just maybe, what, they have a point. Listen, we make code iterative. There's no reason the person behind it can't be two. Listen, Linus 3.0 may one day get here, but 2.0 is better. Much much better. That's all I can say. Like, yeah. it is much better. Yeah, no, I remember the there, 90s. There is a stark <laughs> absence of name calling. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it is better. And and he should be praised for stuff. Linus should be praised for stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no. work to be done. There's yep. still work to be done. I, and so the final quote that I got here that I pulled out was, remember that you were once inexperienced, too. Um, and so, um, absolutely. Like, Everyone has a starting place, and if you don't help foster their growth, um, they might not. And then, you know, that 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 gives them a bad taste, and they're not going to help you with your, your project, and it's just a bad look. Don't do that. Like, yeah. don't tell people to go read the manual. Give them an answer, and then tell them for follow-up information they should go read the manual i feel like it, it's about it's not the thing you said it's the way you said it right it's, yes it, it, yes absolutely and specifically in in the um in the ask me anything for kde mm-hmm. i actually got an rtfm type answer but in the right way yeah yeah and this is this is actually one of my favorite things about this um and so my, the question was, um, what's the best recommended way to test out Plasma 6 RC2, right? But it turns out there's actually a document that tells you that answer. I didn't know that that existed, but I do now. And all it said was it, it quoted my question and said, see also, and a direct link to the direct paragraph that answered my question. You do not have to be a jerk about it. And it, this is a good way in the least amount of words. I was going to say, didn't have to say a lot either. Exactly. There, but, you know, RTFM versus C also. Right. It's, it makes a huge difference in the impact when that lands 
to someone that's receptive to that type of answer, right? It, I mean, it's a nudge instead of a shove. Y- there you go. Oh, I like that. That's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, it was a, it was a good it was a good approach. It's it's something I I try to be cognizant of when I'm giving support live in 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 the chats, uh, for various different things. I'd be like, okay, well, here's how you do that. But have you looked at our manual because it's pretty great and it could help you in the future if you need to refer to this. There's a there's a there's a good way to do those kinds of things. Right. Those those right. those interactions where you have to say that kind of thing. Um there there are better ways. Yep. And so uh I just just want to round it out and saying that, you know, I love my Lubuntu teammates. They they give me great food for thought, even though they weren't even trying for that. Yeah, I love this tweet. I just I just can't get enough of it. So hopefully we can spread it around again. Um, because I know sometimes Twitter falls off if it's not there in the first twenty four hours. So um yeah. hopefully No, this... Mastodon's not like that. I had a I, know, I, I did I know. a I did a toot. Do we still call them toots? I don't know. I guess but so. I I uh I posted a toot and uh, it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was, I was, I was, and you're still getting feedback on it, right? Yeah, I was, I was joke complaining about the amount of updates that I was getting from Rawhide because yeah. <laughs> it's every day, man. Yeah, it's fun. and <laughs> and I'm still, I still get a, a like or a re, re, re what is it, a boost? A, yeah, boost. A re, re, just a boost, not it's a reboost. Just re-boost. a boost. Yeah, it's just, just a boost. boost. Okay. Yeah, and so they, and you know, they trickle in every now and then. And I, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And but you mm-hmm. don't really get that on the other. You don't get that on, in, in the X or the Twitter or whatever we're calling that. Yeah. Well, once it's buried, it's buried. Yeah. Twenty four hours later, it's gone. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully I we can spark it up again, and that'll be great. So catch these and other great topics as they unfold on our Lemmy, our subreddit, our news channel on Discord. Oh my God, that reminds me. I forgot to put the new stuff on Discord. Oops. Sorry, Discord people. Um, Whoops, it is. But um, to get to any of those places, my, my favorite thing is linuxuserspace.show slash the thing. And that's Lemmy, Reddit, Discord, Mastodon, Telegram, Matrix, Twitch, and Twitter. So any of those things that you want to get a hold of us on or you just want to get you well you want to catch the news feed because there's a lot of good news and you know, sometimes i get a little overwhelmed it takes a couple of days for that stuff to come out but it's a really cool thing to just even if you don't want to be on those those social things you can subscribe to the lemmy in rss absolutely yeah you don't have to actually log in or any of that stuff you can still see all the posts they're public and yep. you can subscribe to that in whatever way you want to do that you can do that and uh they'll be there yep but don't forget that if for some reason you are i don't know maybe wanting a username at lemmy linuxuserspace.show we have those and any patron doesn't matter how much you pay any patron is eligible for one of those usernames but yeah no absolutely reach out to us let us know that you you did that so that we know you're a human and it's not just a bot trying to sign up um yeah so that that'd be great um but yeah like if you're a patron definitely if you want to join we'll, we'll get you set up Yep, just sign up in the little comment section. Just, yep. I'm a patron. Yep. And if if your Lemmy username is not the same as your Patreon username, yeah. then, you know, just tell us what your Patreon username is, and we'll we'll get that approved. We, yeah, that way we, we can link them together, and we know that you are you. Yep, 
Exactly. So join us on Lemmy or any of the other Absolutely. places. Lemmy's just kind of cool because it's ours as opposed to on some platform, right? Yep. And uh, it's an easy way to get to that cool KDE AMA. So mm, you could do that too. Yep. You can catch all the great links at uh, linuxuserspace.show. And coming up in the next segment, we got feedback. So if you want to send some feedback to us, you can do it via email. You know, that's contact at linuxuserspace.show. Got him. And this first email, woof, it's a while. Hold on, hold on one sec. Before we, before, we get into, before we get into all of these emails, I yeah. do have to, and, and it's going to be the first line, and I stopped you before we got there, but there, there, there have been more than one, quite a few, people <laughs> that emailed me uh us and uh noted my um what's the word here my lust mm-hmm. for email communication <laughs> they took it to heart let's put it that I way i love it but the, the the best part about that is that you're listening you, uh, yeah 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 we don't you we know heard... you're listening and, and and that's why we're responding Oh, man. I love the feedback. I love the feedback, especially email feedback, because it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't get buried. It can't be. It's just there, and I can star it and not forget it. And it lets us have a good dialogue. Like, it's awesome. Yes. Yes. So anybody that has thought about that, or especially those that have actually emailed, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I really absolutely. appreciate it. You, you, These topic shows, you fill out a huge portion of it, and That's what I'm it's so all glad about. you get to be yeah, I'm so glad you get to be part of the show and we get to have the conversation because that is just fun. I love it so much. Okay, all right, fine. Fine, Dan. You're you're good to go. All right, yeah. So we're, <laughs> we basically started off in the same same idea here. So Douglas Paul, um, he, he basically gets it uh, kicked off and he says, uh, Leo and Dan, yes, I heard Leo's plea for emails, so here you go. Dan, don't feel obligated obliged to read this. Uh, big smiley emoji. This email <laughs> is lengthy, so I, I'm not going to read it all. Sorry, I, at least and not here. I did read it though. I just want to. I just want to point that out. I absolutely read your email. You just didn't feel obligated to do it as you were doing it. Yeah, right. And, and because it was lengthy, <laughs> and so I'm I'm going to jump into the summary that happened after the litany of distro hopping of twelve different times and the whole email could have been its two, own episode i, two I tell you failures you know two computers uh, 12 times of distro hopping that oh, it was amazing. ultimately so, failed. Uh, so absolutely um douglas i read the whole thing and it was amazing the, the, I, I was laughing it was we both did. fail 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 uh uh fail fail <laughs> oh my god it was it was good it, Absolutely good. So yeah, I'll, I'll let Dan jump into the summary so we can talk a little bit about it uh, more. But ah, beautiful. It was good. So I'm I'm fast forwarding through the whole email and I'm going right to the summary that that Douglas wrote. Coming from macOS and having designed systems myself, I recognize mm-hmm. that I may be more demanding than the average user or sysadmin when it comes to UX UI. I want all my motor memory to function without interruption or surprise. As such, the GNOME DE was overly restrictive to me out of the box. I saw the enforced simplicity 
But just as I rejected Apple's launchpad, I rejected the super key press, where laughingly the search function is limited to my computer. So I installed enough extensions and Albert to revamp. Albert! Yeah, to mm. revamp the look mm. and feel. Not all the issues are resolved, but I look forward to my new editions of Fedora and GNOME with the hope that the open source community will continue to evolve the desktop experience to a just works condition. And so I, I just want to say that um, what I glossed over here with skipping past was Douglas picked some of the hardest hardware to possibly install Linux on. Um, he, he picked Max. He picked Max. <laughs> I mean, they're just, and it, it, it is a raw source spot. You'd love it to be, I mean, like the hardware itself is great, right? And it holds up, it's durable, um, and it's built well. But it doesn't take to installing another operating system well. It's really yeah. built for Mac OS. And once it yep. once that becomes end of life, you're kind of stuck. And it's a real bummer. You really do kind of have to rely on some developers that that kind of pick up on, oh, I've got this one or I have some of these in the back room or whatever, and I can kind of tinker with them right. and make the fix. But yeah, out of the box. It wasn't the whole yeah, it wasn't the whole context of the woes, but it's one of the issues I think that that might yeah. be the case. Well, it was a it was a bunch of the fail, it, fail, fail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Things just didn't didn't act, interact with the hardware well. Um, not that I I want to say you're doing it wrong. It's just like it was, you know. Unfortunately, the hardware he had available to him wasn't the greatest to pick. Uh, yeah, you're not you're not doing it wrong. You just picked hard mode. Yeah, you did. You went to the hard mode, and I can appreciate not wanting to go to hard mode. You just want to flip open the laptop and start. You know, going at it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, maybe it'll get there. I think going forward, Asahi and that project are helping the newer generation Max. So it may be a better time. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're getting there. I think, uh, and we were just talking about Marcan. Uh, I think, mm -hmm. I think we're getting there. I do too. But we're not quite there just yet. But I do want to talk a little bit about. Uh, the 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 user experience, user interface, and that the super key press, um, you rejected that the same way you reject you rejected Apple's launchpad. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I'm the exact same way. Spotlight in Mac, fantastic. Yeah. Launchpad, I don't know why it's there. I don't know what that's doing anymore either. It seems redundant. You have the applications thing where you have all your applications mm -hmm. and then you have Spotlight, which will all the things. And then there's Launchpad? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I Somebody uses it because it's still in there. Uh, but I don't know what its purpose is really other than to just be very mobile looking. But your answer to that on the Linux side, on the GNOME side, was Albert, and I respect that mm -hmm. one. That's a good choice. Because Albert very much does model itself after Spotlight, and I like Spotlight. Mm -hmm. I like Albert, and I'm really kind of falling in love with K-Runner here over here on the Plasma 6 Rawhide. I was going to say, I really like K-Runner. So, I mean, I, I can appreciate that, yeah. too. Like, a good uh, runner tool is important, I feel like. Yes. And that's how I get around my uh, my app images. So mm. I have a couple of app images and the uh, OpenRA, I have to play that game. Uh -huh. And the Flatpak exploded on me for some reason. Okay. And Bitwarden are my two big ones right now. And the I, I put them in 
home Leo bin. And Cade Runner by default doesn't look in there. So when I typed in Bitwarden, it was like, you mean the thing you downloaded before? And I'm like, no, not that, not that one. Um, So all I had to do in Cade Runner was just go add a directory. And now I can type in bit enter and it's good. And open our enter and I'm playing a game. Yep. And that goes for all the other app images as well. Um, stick them in that directory. K Runner knows about it, and it'll just let me launch them, even if uh, Plasma's a little weird about putting them on a taskbar or something like right, that. Right, right. I I still use K Runner more than I use the taskbar too. Well, that's so. fair. And, but like both K Runner and Albert, they'll they'll search the internet for things too on top of yes. just your computer, which is like one that of the things the you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that was the vibe I got with uh, why you went to Albert and why I think yeah. uh, Spotlight is a good choice and K Runner. Too, I think those three are just really good at what they do, and they're super minimal about it. Mm. It's so nice. I really, really love them. Yeah. So, Douglas, thank you for your email, even though it was really long, and I probably butchered it in in just jumping to the summary. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I, I just want to round it out with the final s- the thing. It says, Leo, thanks for reading. And Dan, if you're still here, then wow. Well, of course I am. I read everything. Dan reads everything. Yeah, I totally read it all. Um, And so here I am. It says, thanks to you both for your show. It's always fun, except for Gen 2. That's okay. That's fair. And I love you both for your efforts. Stay well. And if you choose to use any of this for your show, you have my permission to edit it at will. And I did. I did. There you go. We we got permission first. And use any part your audience may find interesting or amusing or otherwise. (laughs) Have a great week and beyond. You too? Yeah, absolutely. So, no, absolutely. I probably butchered it, but that's okay. I think I got I got most of it, I think. So Bruce Hankins uh, sent, us, uh, sent us some feedback on the Why Don't You Use Linux episode that we put out two episodes ago. And he started out. I would say the majority of people fall into two groups, the average user and the power user, with most being an average user. The average user just won't tinker, and the power users are tinkerers. So, by the way, we did kind of trunk this one down uh, a little bit as well. It's a bit a bit of a long one, but it's a topic that it's super near and dear to our heart, so we have to talk about it. So, but the tinkerers, that's us. Absolutely. And <laughs> no, I fall into that category. We're easily. we're a, yeah, we're a minority. Yeah. Um, I recognize I, that. Yep, and I think he mirrored the the same. Uh, sentiment that we had in uh, when we did the episode, and he says, I agree that not having manufacturer-supported hardware readily available in most big-box stores is a major factor. If you could buy a Fedora or Ubuntu Dell or HP machine from Best Buy, it would grow popularity. Mm. Let's talk about install. It's mostly easy, but how many users will go and install Windows or Mac? Another issue with software is where do you get it? Is it in your distro repos? Do you need to install or enable Flatpak or Snap? Is it a tarball or an app image? Do you download it from the maker's webpage? Do you have to add PPAs? Will it be integrated into the app launcher? Do you have to chmod X to make it executable? Yeah. I love saying this is the year of Linux on the desktop, but it's also a long-running joke. Like, by the way, I use Arch. And he's right. Yeah, that's it's all right. right. Every bit of it is 
honestly. And uh, I recognize that I fall into the tinkerer category. I've recognized that for a long time now. We uh, both run Gen 2, Dan. There's no alternative no, to no, no, call no, no, no. us other yeah. than super nerds or something. <laughs> yeah, no, even before that, probably before I even got on to the, 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 the Linux podcast. Uh, shows and like all all of that like i i recognize i've been this way all of my life yeah no um, the podcasting thing just makes you a super nerd with opinions uh, yeah 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 <laughs> and i and i have some um so but i, I can you. but but i can totally recognize that i'm in a minority and i'm okay with that yeah we're a minority of a minority because there are windows and mac os tinkerers too mm-hmm. and we just there happen are. to be yeah. the the tinkerers that also use an operating system that also happens to have approximately one to two percent market share across all of the whole world. <laughs> yeah, the the difference was with Windows and Mac OS is I felt limited in the amount of tinkering I could do. So I had to go seek right. something else. And so here I am. Yeah. The ultimate tinkering platform, I think, is a really good way to put it. And I think that Yipper. when when you do have that feeling, because I had the same feeling. You find something that you can tinker with, and that's mm-hmm. Linux, and that's one of the big reasons that I'm on it, and one of the big reasons that a bunch of other people are not. Right. But as uh, time goes on, I can also recognize the idea and notion of, I just want to sit down here, do this one thing, and have it work without having to do a whole bunch of steps to to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, there are that. There is that. I mean, we talked about app image earlier in the show, man. Like you you have to, on Ubuntu's, you have to add in libviews too. Yep. Or whereas before just you not get just, your software somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Cuz it was already a step. You already had to download it and then and then add the executable bit and yep. then run it. Like that's already even even though all the GUIs have a right click properties, check the box, click okay. That's like a four-step process to just yeah. be able to run the app. And I'm not saying that it's easier in Windows because it's actually not, unless you're no. specifically looking for portable apps that you can double-click on and run. Wow, there are so few of those, though. Right, which is I feel like. kind of the point of app image. You still have to double-click on them, next, 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 finish, and then find it in the menu, and then click on yeah. it, and then you got it. So it's it's not like Linux is harder, but in a lot of ways, it's it's a lot more tinkery. Yeah, I think I think different. I think it's just different. Yeah. And uh not harder, not easier, just different. Yeah, and and some people are just not into learning the different. No. And that's no, because that's okay. That's, because that's, I am. Yeah, no, that's what we're here for. You better believe it. And I'm going to stay here cuz I mean, I'm Gentoo, rawhide. These mm-hmm. are weird things that I try all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, no, no no kidding. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So Bruce, thanks for the email. Yeah. Thanks for the sentiment. Thanks for the backup. Because we said a lot of the same stuff, and I really appreciate that. So uh, especially if um, we got one more coming up, one more feedback about the same thing coming up. But if if you have a difference of opinion, if you really think that there's something different about it, um, you got to let me know. Because, Dan, by the way, the reason that we had that episode was because of uh, Aaron, Aaron Rainbolt. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, had that poll asking, well, why oh, yeah. the heck don't you use Linux? So, you know, you you and your team seem to be making up a whole lot of these topic shows. <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, I, I hope it makes the distribution that we provide a little better. Anyway, last uh, bit of feedback here that we got um, from Jaden 
on why don't you use Linux. And here's some suggestions for note-taking apps, too. A twofer. It's a twofer. Um, Jaden says, I wanted to root for the GNOME desktop just a little. I haven't used Linux as my main OS for long, but for most of it, I just didn't understand GNOME. I run mm -hmm. Arch with KDE Plasma on my main laptop. Recently, I got a two-in-one laptop and a stylus for taking notes at school. I put Arch with GNOME on it, and I've been really loving it. GNOME with a touchpad just makes sense with all the built-in gesture support, and I've really enjoyed using Zernal. I think that's how you say that. Zernal++. X-O-U-R-N-A-L++. Yeah. Yeah. And Arnote for note-taking. But I still don't understand the stock GNOME with an actual mouse, though. These yeah. people are me. They're, these people are me, I swear. Because I have the exact same opinion about everything. That GNOME makes a whole heck of a lot of sense with a touchpad. But when yeah. you start doing it with a mouse, you're like, no, you got to ram it up over there. And then you get the workspaces. And it's like, what? And, and that's cool, but I've got a really big screen on my desktop. And so yeah. ramming the thing up there is just... It's a lot of movement, and one of the cool things about GNOME, especially on trackpad, is that it removes a lot of that friction it does. from it does. that. Yes, I know. I could push the super key. That's what I actually do. Um, but the fact that... Uh, some of the other things, though, aren't available that way, right? Like, yeah. Um, like, the super key does a lot, right? It does three different functions in GNOME, depending on where you are in 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 the desktop and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um so there's that. That's great. I think that is fantastic. Um, so, um, but the gestures, they just do it. You don't have to, you yeah. don't have to do anything else, right? Like, in, you can get to your other workspaces. You can get to the applications uh, overview and all that stuff. So, I, I think I think there's a there's a good point about you know the gestures make GNOME like a really very usable desktop environment. It does. It really does. But but I guess the other thing is. Your laptop with the touchpad needs to support those gestures because not all touchpads support enough multi-point touch things. Okay. And so okay. That, <laughs> and so that could be a little frustrating too, right? To be and clear, so, you really just need a laptop from like 2015-ish and beyond. Yeah, probably. Maybe a little newer than that even though. Like, okay. I, like some of the cheaper ones I feel like didn't come with. Oh, uh, okay. Right, right. They cheaped yeah. out on the on the touchpad on those. And so you got to be careful a little bit. Like sometimes you can get stuck and the, the gestures won't work on yeah. them. Yeah. You got to get real unlucky with those, I think. Because I have like a $200, it was at the time, uh, mm -hmm. HP Stream. And oh, yeah. I mean, the the whole thing just feels, it feels one ninety nine ninety nine. It really does feel that way, right? But right, it right. still yet somehow has really? gesture support and everything. And it's okay, from that's about cool. twenty thirteen or so, twenty thirteen, twenty fifteen, oh, no somewhere kidding. in there. But yeah, and it it's got it. So I don't know. And so um, like I've got a higher end Dell. Uh, it's older. It's like twenty fifteen ish. Mm -hmm. Uh, but and it's got a good trackpad, but it does not support multi point touch. Really. Yeah. Oh. Yep. And so it gives me, you know, sad face emoji. Okay. Well, um, if, you're, if you're looking to get an older laptop and you're looking to use GNOME on it, just make double check before yeah, you double push check. the buy button. Yep. Double check that it's got the multi-touch going on. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, in all fairness, that's getting long in the tooth at this point, right? It's over a decade hey, ish. 2015, it, right there. It's what I'm compiling Magento on. It's not too bad. It's not too bad, but it's not it's not real current. So, I mean, I guess that's fair. I I can live with the limitations. Yeah. Um, so what you're trying and, to say is just buy an old ThinkPad. Oh, absolutely. That is <laughs> like somebody else was saying they were looking to tinker around with uh linux and i said like the the thing is like just get a thinkpad don't don't mess around like yeah get yourself a think a thinkpad because they were trying to convert like chromebooks and stuff and i'm like hey those are cheap for a reason uh they're kind uh. of cheap hardware it's a little difficult to work with you got to get it in developer mode and all that jazz just get yourself a thinkpad it's just yeah. so much easier if you inherit one if you inherit a chrome i was gonna say chrome pad chromebook then oh, okay, yeah. but yeah, right. yeah if, if you're looking to don't, buy don't something, don't seek it out. Yeah, if you're looking to buy something, just drop a little extra. Not even really. It just Not depends even. On how old no, you it's go. still pretty budget friendly. Yeah, yeah. Get a ThinkPad. Yeah, that's a good good bit of advice. But I want to I want to touch on the uh, the app uh, mentioned here for notes note taking because here's two more for the list. <laughs> yeah. So now I feel like we're we're embarking in a different endeavor here. Um, oh boy. Uh, so Zernal Plus Plus and Rnote, like like we got to add those on there. And recently, you've been testing a couple from uh, suggestions given elsewhere in, in addition to these. So Obsidian, I think, got got tossed your direction. It did. It did. Um, I want to shout out the name, but I don't know how to pronounce that. I think it's that's fair. Um, there's some hacker speak in there, so it's like Lalol X3, or maybe that's just L for L O L X. Three. Maybe those are eyes. I don't know. YouTube doesn't differentiate, but you know, nope. uh, you know, you know, person that wrote the Obsidian comment, you know, <laughs> right? And so that that's a that's, that's we're up to three now uh, on top of like whatever we tossed out in the episode. I should never have cow. said this. There, it's a, it's going to be a never ending ride, folks. Uh, we're we're going to test uh, note taking apps from now until forever. Watch, watch. History of note-taking apps. One of these days. Oh, boy. Just watch. Jeez. Really? No, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I, we got we got too much open source to do, too much, like, Linuxy open source things to do. But there really are some good ones out there, and I, and I love seeing the suggestions because I just go look at them, and, and uh, you know, they all do things just a little bit differently. Um, so I think there's a, there's a happy place for everyone. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So Obsidian. I'm gonna try that one first, and then I'm gonna hit Obsidian, Zernal, and see mm -hmm. what that's about, and then check out R Note too. But yep. for real, if you have suggestions on note taking apps, um, do let me know because yeah, I, one of these days I'm gonna settle, and I and I'll, I don't want to. I'm gonna settle on an app. I don't want to settle, though. I don't want to feel like oh okay, this is the closest I can get. I want the app. It's probably so, out there, given the number that are out there. Yeah. Obsidian looks good, though. I think that's why I want to try it first. I haven't looked at Zernal or Rnote yet, though, so watch. Okay. As soon as I look at them, I'll be oh, no, mind blown. Now i got to do it again. <sighs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It's it's like distro hopping, only it's note-taking app yeah. hopping. Find all the links at linuxuserspace.show. And, of course, if you want to get your email onto the show, even if we truncate it a little bit so that we can fit it in and not have a six-hour show, because believe <laughs> me, if Dan doesn't stop me, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just thank I Dan. I don't know that I'm much better. <laughs> thank Dan for not 
letting this go six hours. I'm just, I'm just telling you. No, but, I I just I just let him off the chain and I let him go. I mean, hey, listen, listen. Sometimes, sometimes. But if you want to email the show, contact at linuxuserspace.show. You can do that directly. Or you can head over to linuxuserspace.show and click on the little contact uh, link and stick your email in there so that I can send you a response back. Um, but either way, however you send a comment into the show, whether that's over YouTube, whether that's over Tilvids, there yep. was a comment on the Tilvids video that I need to, that I want to talk about next time, next topic episode. So even if I don't get to it, or if we don't get to it on the next episode after you sent it, um, we're going to get to it. Trust me. Trust yeah, absolutely. Me. Even the emails. Yeah, we'll, we'll get through it. I do read those guys. I, um, I, it's just, it, it's nice. It's, it's a good place to consolidate feedback. Absolutely. You can't lose it that way. You can't lose it that way. All right. So uh, time for a little Gen 2 focus. And, and this is more actual feedback, honestly. Ah, oh, suckers. You thought it was going to be what we did, except we didn't do a live stream last time because, um, truth be told, a little burnt out. You know, a little... Uh, yeah, we did take a break for the holidays, but there's... Like the the back to work thing is definitely caught up with us. And slipped a little bit climbing that mountain. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the cool thing is, uh, we got an email about Gentoo, so we get to talk about it right here because it goes exact. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we're yep. gonna do on the next live stream. Yep. To get back on that Gentoo horse because we are we're we're in, we're in care and feeding mode right now now we're just doing weird stuff just to do weird stuff so yeah this comes from ryan uh he's joined our live streams a few times and thank you ryan reg reg regular uh around these parts so um ryan writes first off apologies for the link to the email i've Don't. veered a bit verbose no no yours was not the most verbose <laughs> and it was not the lengthiest oh um, man. Nope. but yeah thank you for uh apologizing <laughs> um now that you're on to the care and feeding stage of gen 2 i thought i'd share my weekly system update process that i've refined after some battle scars thank you I'll provide additional info for the commands with an asterisk for context. I use the stable branch. Smart. I want my, uh, yeah, it is. I want my OS to be boring and keep my exciting adventures in a VM. Really smart. Yeah. Test that stuff in a VM where you can do snapshots and backups super easy. Right. And so there's some, co he's got a list of commands here. And I, I don't want to throw out the commands because, nope. I mean, if you don't use Gen 2, they're not going to mean anything to you. Um, Pretty much, but yeah. But these are the commands that I want to bring into the live stream next time and yep. kind of dissect. But I have a couple of questions for Ryan, and you don't have to respond back because if you're in the next live stream, we can kind of back and forth about them. Yeah. But Dan's a pretty smart guy, so I think he can keep me on track. I try. So we're basically... Uh, you know, kind of apt-get updating and uh, apt-get yeah, upgrading. But there are a couple of questions that I have. There's the the grub install thing and the grub make config thing. I thought that the Gentoo emerge binary thingamajig kind of just handled the new grub entries for your new kernel for you. Why in the heck would you add that back in? So I got to thinking about this. It does do that if you have your use flags, I feel like, uh, configured correctly. Um, 
And I think at one point in time, it never, it didn't do that automatically for you. Battle scars. Okay. So this is battle scars. So this is, uh, I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. This is more uh, just to make sure that uh, you don't fall into a scenario that I did where you don't actually have a bootloader installed. And so then when you go to reboot, nothing happens. It just says, you know, hey, you got no operating system. Um, oh. And then you got to go back in there and do these manual grub install stuff anyway. So I think this 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 probably protects you from that, if I had to guess. Ah, this this might actually be my because I have Fedora Rawhide installed on a different disk next to my Gentoo install, and it detected it. This might be my end run around that issue. Mm-hmm. I could I could yeah. let Fedora's grub get me into Gentoo, and then mm-hmm. I would be able to fix Gentoo for real if for some reason I'm in that situation. Potentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're you, so you're you're still working on that, right? I am still working on it. I'm sadly not. It did uh, explode I, on you. I, I haven't worked on it. My bad. Um, I need to, you know, obviously get in there and cheroot in and, and, you know, get the grub installed and all of that stuff. And then I'll okay. be back, back, back to the, back to the thing. I all just right. haven't done that yet. Like I, I, I booted up the live USB and um, it sat there. I, I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm really telling bad. you, the burnout was real. There was like a good three weeks where, where I think both yeah. me and Dan were just dragging our feet. And man, sometimes it just hits you. And I don't know what happened. We lined up pretty good and it just hit us both. So mm-hmm. the live stream didn't happen. And, um, and yeah, some of the background stuff didn't happen either. But we're back up on that horse now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at the rest of these commands. There's an EIX update. EIX is really cool. I haven't... uh Dovin, I'm gonna get that wrong every time, into that one yet, um, though I have poked it a little. So we'll, we'll come uh, up to that one. Yeah, I think I think that's a great thing to bring out in a live stream and start uh, poking at that a little okay. bit there All so right. that everybody can see it. I feel like that's a good one. Um, and so I can learn it because I don't know. And then there's this uh, GLSA check thing. Yeah, I don't know what that one does. I need to figure the- that out for myself. On the live stream. This is this is the whole point. That's I the think place to do it. Yeah. We're going to learn how the heck that works. Ryan, if you're there, maybe you can help us uh, get there a little faster. But yes, I want to learn what that is and what battle scar that one was. But anyway, Ryan continues. Yeah, so Ryan continues. He talks about uh, using SU or SU without the TAC L. Uh, you know, so, you know, that can... That can bring over environment variables from the user session and potentially cause weird behaviors mm. when you're doing updates. So mm-hmm. maybe don't do that, right? Also, if the sudo package is updated, that will include a new clean sudoers file with the line specifying the wheel group commented out. And if you're running these with sudo privileges, that could be problematic. Okay. Which also makes that makes sense. I'm old school. I run these like I would run them in Slackware. I just become root. Okay. So and you, yeah, become do root. all the yep. stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I usually do mine in a in a virtual terminal, uh, a separate virtual terminal. Mm-hmm. Personally, not part of the DE, uh, for the same reasons, right? Because you're updating all of that stuff and you rip some of it out underneath what you're doing. It might not work well. So, like, I usually yeah. do all of my updates in a different virtual terminal, and then I reboot, and then I'm back into the graphical interface. Cool. That's me personal. Um, 
It says the emerge uh, update command that he has here is his personal choice. He just uh, prefers to include new use because it brings any new use flags and specifying with uh, TAC uh, B depths feels like I'm covering my basis more. So um, that's cool. Um, some in the Gen 2 forums have said both of these are a bit overkill, though. Um, but, you know, sometimes you do the overkill, like you said, to take care of the battle scars. Well, I mean, I feel like there's there's a whole lot of times where people have forgotten to do something. You know, they've added mm-hmm. use flags and they forgot to do it. And then they end right. up in a situation, in like a broken situation or something. So, yeah. and it doesn't hurt to do it. So. Then might as well. Yeah. Why not? Why it feels right, it just right. feels like extra security. So yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yep. I'll, I'll throw them in there. That's cool. Yep. It says uh, Portage will inform you if Portage. You, I love if it. Your, if your config files need to be updated, they do. Leo found that out uh, earlier this evening. Uh, Etsy update is another option to help update your config files. Uh, um, but dispatch uh, conf is has more features and is more actively maintained. Okay, so I got to stop you there before we get that last sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is one of those uh, GIF, GIF situations where GIF is All obviously fair. the incorrect one. GIF is the correct one, obviously. But we have this, I swear I've heard it, Portage. Oh, probably. That's English. And Dan says Portage. portage. Now, now, That's very French. If I'm going to pick one, I said portage, but knowing I have options, if I'm going to pick one, portage just sounds so Sounds much, nice, huh? Sounds it, elegant. Yeah, it just sounds... Uh, it's the only oh, elegant word I have. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So if, once I get my brain trained there, yeah. it's going to be portage from here on out because it just sounds fancy. I like it. I don't know. I, I see that and I think of uh, the canoe portage, right? So that's the carry. Uh, oh. That's where you carry your canoe p- past the rapids because it's a portage. Oh, wait. So wait. So port- so portage means to like, like carry. to carry? Get out. For real? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Today well, that's just, that's just more ammo. For it, it's okay. Well, we that's where my the, mind goes. Okay, so we like, haven't yeah, done the Gen Two history yet. That is the last history of the season. Maybe we find out. I don't out. know that that's where that came from, but that's that's where my mind goes when I see the word. Maybe we actually find out once we get that history done. Stay tuned for that history. That one's going to be a fun one, a grueling one, a hard one, a long one, a whole season long worth. But a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like, honestly, I know we're three quarters of the way through the Gen 2 ride here, but it's it's been a great learning experience. And I feel like it does take the entire year to really appreciate all of the things that yeah. it brings. We, we like, couldn't have done it you, in a month. You couldn't do it in a week. You can't do it in a month. No. Uh, even a couple of months probably wouldn't have been sufficient. I feel like we're really into it now. And like... Like we said, we're into the care and feeding portion, and now we're really kind of using it and and appreciating it even more. Yeah. Ryan finishes out with, I know Dan decided to go with the testing branch, although I doubt it wouldn't entail major alterations, (laughs) but I can't say for (laughs) sure. Like it totally... 
It totally did. <laughs> it, no, it probably wouldn't. It probably that that would probably be the thing that saved you the the grub install grub. Yeah, make no, it would have saved me. That may have been the silver bullet you needed to not have <sighs> to root into the system and. Then oh, go next do time, that. next time, boy, is it? Yeah, that hindsight is very visible. Battle scars. <laughs> I Battle got some. scars. Dan's already got some. I've I've got a. Only because I abandoned the first one. I have I have one battle scar, but I imagine there's there's gonna be a few more than I co- that I collect before we before we finish out with this thing. I I just yeah I really appreciate the experience. That's all I can say. Well, next time we got another history. Uh, this time it's going to be a little shorter. Maybe uh, maybe we'll be able to, to do that in a little smaller time frame. <laughs> well, we we pick up at a, at a at a later date, so that helps. It's not quite so long. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like this history just kind of is. Uh, well, do you dislike what happened with Gnome Three? Now exactly. there's the new and improved Gnome Two, named Mate, the Mate desktop environment. So that's it. We're going to do the history of Mate, a few thoughts, whatever else we can cram in the show. There's always that lead-in section, right? We've got to fit something in mm-hmm. there somewhere. No, so, like, I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to throw it out there. I've been doing Ubuntu Mate. <laughs> no surprise. Ah. Uh, but but I think it's 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 a, it's the crown jewel, I feel like, of the Mate desktops probably out there. It's got very curated. Um, It's it's kind of customizable. It's kind of great. Like, I've, I've had good experience so far. Uh, I got a few. I got a few comments. Is Mr. Wimpress still the lead developer on Mate Ubuntu Mate? Yeah. Technically speaking, yes. Oh, well, okay. You said the word technically. That raises eyebrows and questions. He might be the only one. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. I thought you were about to. We were about to read some tea. He's not the only here. one developing Mate desktop, but he Correct. might be the. He might be the only. Maybe they got another developer too, but I think they've only got a couple um, develop developers they have other contributors they contribute a, a lot of things support and you know documentation and a lot of stuff like that yeah. right La- so. ladies and gentlemen i just here's the scoop y'all um clement lefebvre uh clem from linux mint um had was one of the original founders of the mint yeah. Ma- mate mint desktop the mate desktop um spoiler alert and in <laughs> October of 2023, he had confirmed. It's just news to me, and I'm excited to share it. He's no longer on the team. And it did not seem like it was all his choice. Okay, mm. so there's going to be some spicy bits, is there's, what you're saying? Well, all I'm saying is Mate was forged in drama. There's more drama. <laughs> well, just, that sounds fantastic. A dramate desktop. That's what we got. Okay. Okay. I'll see what I can dig up about that. But um All right, I'm intrigued. You got me got me on the hook. Yeah, I want the other half of the story. I don't know where I have to go to get that, but I'm gonna try and poke around. I, I well, I'm in a couple of places where Clem is. Maybe I can mm, mm, figure ooh. it out. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble or, you know, make anybody look bad, but I want to know. So yeah, no, like uh, mate, it's uh, it's where it used to be. It, it's still the same. So it is, it's it, is that, <laughs> that that should be their tagline, shouldn't it? Like 
It's still the same. <laughs> it's still the same, and uh, but it got forged for a reason, and uh, I think uh, I think it's it's kind of cool. Y'all, we're gonna have to come up with a really good title to beat. It's still the same. Yeah, yeah. Right in with your title suggestions. <laughs> I we'll know. Take them. <laughs> so good. In between shows, you can catch us on Twitter, Mastodon, Telegram, Matrix, Discord, whatever. Just give us your suggestions on our subreddit, uh, our Linux user space. Uh, you know, over there on the Reddit and join the conversation. Talk to us. Give us more ideas. I dare All you. the links, all the links and show notes on linuxuserspace.show. So, Dan, outside yes, of here, sir. where can we find you? You can find me at KC2BZ at Mastodon.social over on the Mastodon. Um, you can also find me at KC2BZ over on the X Twitter thing. And same for me, Leo Chavez at Mastodon.social and uh, Leo Chavez on the, it's Twitter. It'll always it's be Twitter. Twitter. It's, it really is. And you can also find the show posts <sighs> at Linux user space at both places as well. A roller coaster that was we got through it though leo man i have it has been how many episodes have we done 20 30 20 40 60 73 we've done 70 this is the 73rd episode that we're recording rigor rigor right now and i had not one time not once ever seriously ever has audacity crashed on me what i mean that's a good track record it's a good track record man seven you have seven, 72 and oh pretty amazing okay you had me looking mine's still going good oh 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 yeah i know but and i've always been paranoid i've always keep audacity where i can see the little waveform flicker 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 but and and today was no different but it was crazy because we were you were talking you were in the middle of talking and i was enthralled in what you were saying and all i heard was a click and yeah, neither, yeah, neither <laughs> the mic gave you anything, and I could hear nothing. And yeah. to, to be to be clear, it 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 could be that I changed the way that it's working. For you only changed one thing, so that was really good. I almost changed two, though. Had no, I had you, I had more time, I'd have done that two. Rule. Yeah, yeah, almost. I would have. I'm that dumb, but I I. Instead of going through the focus right to the laptop, I'm going directly from the microphone, directly USB to the laptop. So I actually removed things. You would think that would make it less prone to break. 